We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And it's a family thing, and it won't quit. They keep it together, y'all. That's it. They're not ordinary, just strange. Some say loco, insane in the brain. But you know that you love them in a class by themselves. None below, none above them. It ain't nothing to be ashamed of. So go love to the folks who go by the name of Woomp, the Adams Family. There it is. Woomp, the Adams Family. There it is. Wow, it, it's... It's hard to believe that song won a Razzie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, with all of those words, you wouldn't think that that would be what's happening there. Uh, but in case the tag team lyrics didn't give it away, we are reviewing the 1993 follow-up sequel to The Adams Family. That's right, we're reviewing adam's family values oh yeah and glad to do it too because let me be transparent with you ricky um Mm -hmm. it's a good week to review a comedy let me just say that it's a good week to review a comedy and this was absolutely it was so nice to just unplug go back to the early 90s and laugh with america's favorite family yeah what i'm gonna make that claim the favorite no, it, family of all the families. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Barkin uh, said that I'm of the firm belief that the Adams family are the most loving, caring and connected family that has ever graced the silver screen. It's high praise. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I agree so wholeheartedly. We are reviewing this movie, not because of any movie tie in, but just because of us not letting go of Halloween. Yeah, it's well, really it's, a, that. it's a transition movie, right? Like, yeah. we, we have always struggled on the podcast of really finding solid Thanksgiving movies. And this is one where we're at, you know, early November, transitioning out of Halloween. And there's a pretty sizable portion of this movie that is dedicated to the retelling of the Thanksgiving story. Uh, so sizable, it took two weeks to shoot that sequence, by the way. I guess it was all the flames... And bow and arrows. Yes. Yeah, I I am believing that. And so uh, if you need a brief refresher on Adam's Family Values, uh, it's the 1993 American supernatural black comedy uh, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld and written by Paul Rudnick. And it has all of the recurring cast from the first The Adam's Family movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this time, they are going to focus on... Uncle Fester. So I don't know why I said, but this time. But this time. (laughs) But the twist is the same. It's more Fester, which no one's complaining about. No one is complaining about that. Uh, so, but this one features uh, the new, the newest Adamsy, uh, Pubert, uh, and a new love interest for Fester in the form of Debbie Jelinski, played by Joan Cusack. She plays a children's new nanny who drives a wedge between Fester and the rest of the family. Mm, Fester and the rester. And uh, and just a fun little fact about baby Pubert, uh, who is played by two twin girls which we all know means that they are a full family of quadruplets. Uh, Little Pubert 
uh, was actually the original suggested and then rejected name for Pugsley by oh. Charles Adam himself. Uh, and when he asked, and when he was asked by the producers of the Adams Family in 1964 to change the name to name the hitherto unnamed characters in his cartoons, uh, and so Pugsley became Pugsley officially whenever the show was released. But in the comics, Pubert was his original name. Ah, and then born in the form of the new child. Uh, I did really enjoy that aspect of taking a really known family unit and introducing a new character to it. It's pretty bold. Not since the Rugrats movie have I seen that kind of bold character choices. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it, it changes a lot of the dynamic of the cast. So, uh Yeah interesting plot development they tee it up from what i remember in adam's family which we reviewed recently enough to where i should remember uh whether or not i'm mixing them up but i believe they teed up the idea of an addition to the family at the end and that's the problem that i i have when i think back on adam's family and adam's family values is i mix them up all the time all yeah. the time. Like all the For stuff sure. that I thought we were going to see when we reviewed Adam's family was in this movie. Um, yep. So I was like, oh, I must have consistently watched these as a double feature because it's like a part one, part two. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely is. Like this, like the if you were to have a double feature, you basically just have one amazing experience just watching all of these uh adam's family vignettes and and i really i mean this movie uh was definitely received well uh this makes this movie the dark knight of the adam's family trilogy because mm. there was um a direct-to-dvd sequel to this movie called adam's family reunion where no one uh, came back <laughs> no, yeah no, so no one came back can, Except I think right, Lurch was the same, possibly. Um, yeah. I don't know. Catch you next year I, on that. I think Thing might also be the same. but Oh, Christopher Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but for this movie, it did well, but not as well as its predecessor. Uh, with a budget of $47 million, it went on to make uh, over $48 million in the box office, which we always say on the podcast is like, well, sorry you made your millions back. Mm. Uh uh, compared to its predecessor, which made, I believe, uh, $113 million worldwide in the box office. No, sorry, that was only that was just domestically uh, from the original The Adams Family movie. So uh, it didn't perform as well. So they were like, okay, how about we do this again, but with no one the same and not as much money. Uh but it's uh, it, it was still very well received, uh, and it had a ton of accolades. The it was nominated for an Academy Award and category for Best Art Direction, mm. uh, but it lost to Schindler's List. And honestly, I feel like that's still a win. Yeah, just to be in the same category. I mean, you got to be sitting there at the Golden Globes looking at the other people in the category and being like, I mean, it shouldn't be us, right? Like, <laughs> oh, we're we're what? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is incredible. Uh, the production design is what I've always really appreciated about the Adams Family movies. Um, and this one particularly, I was captivated by the wedding scene 
just yes. the whole thing. It, it's like the most Tim Burton, non Tim Burton film. Um, and it has that texture to it. And so the fact that they got that kind of recognition for it on that scale and that award um, is really good to hear. Oh yeah. I mean the world immersion that they build for the Adams is I just really, I just dug there is an amazing web series called Adult Wednesday Adams, where basically it's a web series that follows <laughs> Wednesday Adams as she would be as an adult. And I'm just like, yeah, like that's the only way to really follow up this world because the Adams, uh, in addition to their aesthetic, they just have a presence to them. Uh, and just this really bizarre world that they bring. So when they went to summer camp, which was one of my just several of my favorite moments where we have uh, someone who uh, we didn't mention uh, in the credits, but Bernard. Bernard is mm, yeah, in this Bernard, movie. Yeah. It's called the Santa Claus. <laughs> the Santa Claus. I was so happy to see uh, David Krumholtz. It was just, I'm like, wait a second. Is that who I think it is? Uh, and also, uh, Christine uh, Baron- Baroneski? Baranski? Yeah. Well, who we saw last week in The Breakup. Nope. Yes. I saw last week in The Bounty Hunter. Yes. And we are very quickly doubling back on Angelica Houston. Yes. Who was in The Witches. So we're keeping it close. Season six is really keeping it close. Yeah. Season six, we're all family. See what, cause that's all oh, because of the Adamses. So Grayson, um, I have to admit, this is my first time watching this movie in its entirety. How is that I, possible? I don't know, cause I I know for sure we own the first VHS, uh, and I'm almost also sure that there's some McDonald's tie-in because I remember there being a golden arch on the back of my VHS tape. And so either we got that VHS tape from McDonald's. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're out of toys. Just throw movies into the bag. <laughs> just get them out. I really, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look that up because I'm pretty sure uh, there was a McDonald's tie-in that they were just giving out VHS. Wow. But I don't think Adam's family values was on uh, the V. Yeah, no. Okay. What in the world? Yes, it exists. Okay, we have to put this on our social media. It was the Adam's family value meal. I well, mean, that has. I think we're going to take a half day. <laughs> I think it does. Okay, so let me let me just tell you. I, I, I find this promo for Adam's, Adam's family McDonald's VHS tie-in. Let me just tell you what was, what was being distributed out to people at McDonald's. You could buy uh, Charlotte's Web on VHS for $5.99 when you buy any large sandwich, as well as Ghost. Wow. And Adam's Family. Ghost. So, like, Patrick Wayne's Swayze. World. Okay. Huh. And you can just get them at McDonald's. So I did not fever dream that. That was a real tie-in. Wow. So because I don't think they did that <laughs> promo for very long, I think that's the reason why I have not seen 
Adam's family values in its entirety. That is bizarre. That was a lot of information very quickly. It, it was. Wow. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for when they were deciding <laughs> what movies they could deliver with a Big Mac. Yeah. Hmm. Man, I just, uh, it's a lot. That's that's fantastic. So, so, but I know that this uh, movie is very near and dear to your heart. So, so please uh, share with me your experience with Adam's Family Values. Yeah, so I, I know I mentioned before, Adam's family has always been uh, a very uh, important and and nostalgic property for me. I had all the toys growing up, and I won't double back too much on people who listen to the other one. I think we all have it memorized by now. Uh, but I I have always loved the Adam's family. And this movie uh, really did, I don't know, it's been, it's been a weird week. This movie brought up so many emotions of uh, being like, oh, yeah. And so, it, but it's been a long time uh, since I think I've seen the second one. More recently, I've seen the first one multiple times than Adam's Family Values. So I had more of that nostalgic backlash. And I... It it was such a beautiful moment because it was remembering everything kind of in real time, but enough to have that expectation of like, okay, I know they're going to go to camp. I know these things are going to happen. I know, I know what the whole deal is with Joan Cusack's character and all that. But the dialogue, being able to get the jokes and appreciate the construction of these jokes was such a... Uh, Oh, such a, a heartwarming experience or or heart cooling yeah. experience, however the Adams prefer it. Um, but I was taken back. It, I mean, it it really delivered on the premise of this podcast. I flash back to when I was a kid watching this movie. And uh yeah, I got I, I admit I got a little emotional about it. I uh Love the character. The definition of the characters is so spot on. And that's why they're able to bring in like a pubert character because it doesn't jeopardize the rest of the characters. They're so well defined. Or they're able to bring in Debbie, who really is a huge focus of the movie, but it still feels like an Adams Family movie because they know that, okay, we have to have a sequence of, uh, of Morticia and Gomez really dancing in front of everybody like that that romantic relationship has to be there all right we have to see weird things with uncle fester about like the light bulb lighting up in the mouth and all that kind of stuff and even carol kane's granny i feel like was really well represented which a lot of times that character kind of gets steamrolled by even more eccentric events and characters and and all of it so i just felt like they did a great job representing this and it was genuinely funny uh for me i uh, really appreciate the writing of it and the the weirdest thing was watching this and being like oh i even though we just saw the first one like a year ago i was like oh i thought all this happened earlier and and so because of that i think there's like a fluid memory that i have of of uh, adam's family and it it doesn't feel like it's defined by what movie it's in. It just feels like a continuing story for me. Um, and I don't have that kind of connection to a lot of movies. And yeah, maybe it's bizarre that this is the one that brought that out. But um, 
that kind of just like always been there existence memory of these events. Uh, I don't know. It was great to explore again. Specifically, I think this is more in line with the question you asked, but specifically, uh, I have such a vivid memory of going to Las Colinas movie studios, the film studios that we're fairly close to, and they did a an exhibition on fully uh sounds on on making all of those really uh you know how they record the the sound effects using everyday items objects that kind of thing like how bone breaks or like celery that kind of deal and adam's family values was the one it was the movie that was the the test for it because even the the sound design is meant to be comical and bring out the texture of the world and so whenever I think of Adam's Family Values now, I associate it with that experience that was really at an early age, one of those movie magic aha moments for me of being like, this, is, it's not like they just recorded uh, something like, it's not like they recorded a broken light bulb or whatever it is. It was like, it was actually keys in a bowl and like that kind of thing. Um, and so maybe that's why I'm getting so emotional about the sequel of Adam's Family is because uh it it did represent so much of learning about film and and the production of film specifically that that stands out as a, a major turning point for me uh and it's all closely tied to just the, the the feelings around this movie i mean this this movie really made me want to just dive deep into the classic adams family uh tv show just because this movie it didn't feel like a, a typical movie. It just felt like a bunch of comics, really, like a, a comic vignette. Yeah, uh, maybe that's why it's hard it, to place them then. Of, yeah, like chronologically, it's like, oh yeah, it's just kind of always there. Mm-hmm. Well, because just the events that happen, like they go back and forth from the camp, um, and like the wedding, and then like they kind of come back and then go back, uh, but just there were just so many moments where uh, you kind of hit the arc of the kids being jealous of the baby. So they keep on like trying to like destroy this child, which is, I just don't understand how death works in that family because I think one of my favorite unexplained moments, I was like, okay, they're probably going to bring attention to this, but that's the best thing about the Adams family dynamic is that like, if you are expecting anything from them, then they have to go in the complete opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So when Debbie is going to electrocute all of them, everyone is in their own personally sized electric chair. <laughs> everyone, thing. Everyone has their own little, and they're in their own house. So they already had this. Yeah. And so yeah. I love that they just didn't bring attention to it. And it was just like, yeah, of course. And then they're like, oh, I guess this is the end. I'm like, wait a second. I, I didn't know that they could actually die. I wasn't actually convinced that that was something that could happen with them. Because aren't they, like, I don't know. I couldn't explain it. I was thinking too much about it. But I just really enjoyed it. Because yeah. I, I think the, the Adamses uh, also do a really good job of just know holding up a mirror to society like i laughed the hardest when they were at the camp just because 
It was just so overtly. I think they even just said like, uh, uh, I think they said something to the effect of like, uh, we're here to have fun, make friends, and do something else because that's what privilege is all about. <laughs> like that yep, yep. i was yeah, like to learn grow and feel good about ourselves <laughs> yeah. yeah and and i just the the other disdain that wednesday adams had and wednesday and pugsley were just so great like i i would honestly watch these characters do anything mm-hmm. uh and, and i think that's what makes them so timeless like and i think that's why even as of last year they did a animated revival and why and they're working on the sequel to the animated revival too yes yeah oh i i just i just really really enjoy the ads so the adams family values uh meal uh which comes with a free soundtrack uh with the whoop there it is song uh i really really enjoyed it because it just it just made me uh laugh uh and it was just i just forgot how much i really love this this family dynamic and it's like those kinds of characters that make you really love uh like i i'd give like another example of like scooby-doo or a lot of other kind of classic cartoons where these character types are so distinct that even if it does become repetitive in whatever situation they're in you still want to see how they are going to respond to that situation uh point being when uh pubert uh turns into this uh you know this little curly haired baby and everyone's disgusted with him and she's reading cat in the hat and she just reads the page and she says oh no he lives (laughs) i'm just like yes this is exactly what i want to be seeing uh and so it's it's cool it's just cool to see the adamses go through and turn your expectations on its head and the a way that only the Adamses could. And and I'll end that thought with one of my favorite quotes. You've gone too far. You've married Fester. You've destroyed his spirit. You've taken him from us. All that I can forgive. But Debbie, pastels. <laughs> Was there anything else that you noticed this time around that you didn't notice before? Yeah, so it plays into your idea of like, how do they die? Can they die? What is this? Um, and they did a really nice job at connecting the first movie and the second movie, which is why it feels like part one and part two, even to the point of finding a way to get a play in the second movie again, because that was one of our favorite <laughs> yeah. moments from the first one. Yes. Um, but I did notice that I hadn't noticed this before. Now it seems somewhat obvious watching it back so closely to the first one, but Flora and Fauna the twins we learn have died since the first movie because we see their statue in the background of several scenes in the graveyard. So it is possible. I don't know how, um, but it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, but I I did notice that and I was like, Oh, those were the, ah, got it. And it had that feeling that like everything meant something in here. So like the name of pubert, that you discovered was an original name. Like you can tell that the people who made it are fans. And so, uh, yeah, everything has kind of that meaning to it for the diehard fans. And, uh, yeah, the connection between flora and fauna, 
uh, was one of those for the movie fans of being like, ah, yeah, I know. I know what that's about. Ah, yeah. No, th- it, it, this is great. I think the real family value was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> it's a family friend. All right. Now I could show you all my references so you know that I'm not a homicidal maniac. But instead, I'm going to show you Headcanon. Headcanon. <laughs> Headcanon is part of the show we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, so my biggest piece of Headcanon... Uh, and I am only tying this together because of the uh, Angelica Houston tie-in, mm. but which is family <laughs> values. Uh, yeah, just that uh, Morticia's sister is a witch. Mm, it's her yeah, sister. I, okay. Yeah. Which would make sense because her mom's a witch. Right. Yes. So. Yeah, because that's the fem famil famil. That's the the relationship is that yep. Granny is the mother of Morticia, but Fester is the brother of Gomez. Right, and fun fact: uh, in the TV show, uh, Fester is Morticia's brother. Oh, okay. I think only in the movieverse is it uh, Gomez. Well, it was a major plot point in the first movie. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's my major piece of headcanon. Just tying those movies together, and also I feel like you can tie so many movies to uh, the Adams family. Like I really, I was convinced uh, before I realized uh, how wrong I was. I was like, wait a second, is is Joan Cusack actually um, old for actual? Uh, is a uh, Joe Cusack, Catherine O'Hara, uh, and because I was convinced, I was like, "Wait, she's big. I've seen her in other things," uh, and it, and I was wrong. It was just Catherine O'Hara, uh, and so, uh, but Beetlejuice also I think ties very closely uh, to this world and universe, uh, and also my headcanon uh, is only going to be headcanon until someone finds that interview but i'm pretty sure tim burton just cried watching this movie it's beautiful every oh, it's just handed and made it should have been me <laughs> i did appreciate the director cameo in the movie that you can see the director as uh david crumholtz as joey glicker's father uh who Aww. takes a header off the back of the uh back of the stands so yep yeah. So for my head cannon, this is more of a casting head cannon because there is awesome. there is a non-family character that does appear in both films. And in the first one, she has no name other than Girl Scout. It's the uh, line, yeah, it's the line of you know, lemonade is made with real lemons. She's like Girl Scout cookies made with real Girl Scouts. Yeah. That is Amanda in this camp movie. So, uh, yeah, I think that that rivalry started early on. I like to believe they are the same person. I, I think there's mm. uh, a very clear connection, a through line that you could that you could make uh, since there is no conflicting names. But <laughs> that's never stopped us before. No. Um, I also, you know, you brought up an interesting thing about the about the electric chairs that are there. 
Now, why, if they're there, they're, I would assume they're there for recreation. Maybe it's a power mm -hmm. source or something like that. But um, my headcanon is that the reason that it actually would have killed all of them at the same time is because when uh, you are part of the Adams family, and we see this with the birth of Pubert, when you're part of the Adams family, they are actually all part of the same shared soul. And oh. that's why they don't die. They are preserved because part of their soul lives on in the rest of their family. But if you were to destroy all of them at once, then that would be the end of the Adams family. No, I love that idea because, you know, they they are very tied to ancestry and like their plot of land is also very much a family cemetery. And so I, I really, I think that holds up. In fact, I mean, I'm just going to do some deep diving into the Adams family, uh, macabre. I, I tried to combine macabre and, uh, archive and I didn't. So archive and, um, the Adams family archive. That's, better uh and to see if there is any just truth to that because that i think that really holds true and that that's their real wealth is their immortal souls well that's interesting too with uh you know wednesday kind of offers it up early on that when one child is born another has to die like that mm. that it's a fixed amount of people right. that can be in this family. And so that's that's all part of it as well. But it explains why Pubert is born like he is with the, the mustache and everything like that. Um, also why uh, Thing, you know, seems like he shouldn't be able to live, but if part of the soul lives in any part of the body, it would be able to continue to function. Um, yeah, I... I locked onto that idea and i just think that the evidence and how they speak about death and uh like when they say oh we have this much this many family members above ground and this many below like there is a continual connection there yeah. um and they even said about the about the one in one out rule uh they're like oh that's not true anymore like that's that's an outdated <laughs> thing like at not one anymore. point yeah at one point that was legitimate it's like ah no like we're able to actually grow and and what does that mean so um yeah i thought that was uh a concept that i never needed justification it's kind of a midichlorian situation but uh it's there if you want it what are adam's family values oh it's it's all around us it's it's in us it's what binds us together it's in your blood it's in your food it's it's in in your waist. Mm -hmm. My waist? How are you spelling that, sir? All right. Now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk about recasts and remakes. Recast. Remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Uh, I I would honestly love to watch a, um, a Christina Ricci solo film. Uh called uh am's family colon the 
the family awakens uh and it's just basically the whole premise is uh her and pugs pugsley are strange or pugsley has gone missing uh but it wasn't due to her own work so she suspects that something is up and so basically she just holds the seance and brings back her family from the dead uh and goes on a a spooky family road trip all about identity and family uh with the mystery involved Mm. Mm. i like that little miss moonlight there it is or next wednesday (laughs) next wednesday ah i would i would absolutely love that uh then the sequel would be wednesday after next that's cool. I I went a similar way with that kind of road trip movie idea. Uh, so not seance, guys. Not, not with the the back half of it. Uh, yeah, not with the seance, with the the traveling. Um, uh, because well, I mean, we recasted and remade this uh, largely in Adam's family. The first one we reviewed it, and like I said, we all know what we said. We don't need oh, yeah. to go back and look at it. For sure. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Listen to it every night. Uh, but <laughs> I, so, and so maybe I already said this, but I like the idea of continuing the naming convention like they've done with the sequels where it's family something. And I think last time we said Adam's family matters, maybe, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, join the, join the police force and uh, it's paranormal uh, squad uh did i do that i thought the crime yes yes you did they're proud of it um but for this one i i think it was inspired by the camp aspect of it but i'd like to see adam's family vacation which is a crossover with the griswold family yes uh so you have the adams family and the griswold family you could even have them going to like transylvania or something like that to visit relatives and just to, oh, just to have good. Chevy Chase being like, see, kids, it's not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. Oh, fun. I would love to see that. But if we were recasting this movie with with modern day, uh, you know, modern day casting, again, we don't we've already done that for the main family, but for the new mm-hmm. the new characters, um, like for Debbie, I think Kat Dennings would be really great. Um Yes. And uh, yeah, I think she could play that kind of that flip that Debbie has uh, really well. And then um, for Pubert, it would just be Andy Circus in a mocap suit. 100%. Andy Circus, like a baby you've never seen before. <laughs> really moves like a baby. Uh, I would absolutely watch that. And, and I really think that, <laughs> man. Adam's family vacation. It's just, oh, I want to see that. I wonder if there's a way for us to make that edit. Because that, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, it'd be like we have to get there for some extended family's funeral. And they're like, oh, yeah. when did they die? A week from now. Like they have to <laughs> they have to get there in time for it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you brought up something. I really thought that Debbie was just going to like – Ultimately, like I like, I love the idea that the Adamses just uh, win people over, like they did in the uh, in the first movie. Oh yeah, she and, married cousin it, right? And so I thought that Debbie was just going to uh, 
because one of my favorite scenes with her was like that ring was our mother's she's buried with that and she just brings the shovel i was like wait a second is she gonna accidentally just fall in love with this family the answer was no uh but i really just liked uh her character arc so if it were to be remade i i think i would just have her join the family yeah so this this might be a backtrack in in the headcanon but do you think what do you think? Because the ending, it, spoiler alert uh, for everybody, this ends with, uh, well, it's an homage to Carrie for one, but Wednesday mm-hmm. seemingly is playing a prank on Joel um, as Debbie's hand comes through. Now, do you think that that is Thing playing a prank or that Debbie is coming back as some kind of zombified serial killer? I would say I think it's Thing mm-hmm. only because the last time we saw Debbie, she was vacuum dust. So that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. Granny would have to do some kind of piecing back together to like bring her. There was also no, um, no like rotting flesh or anything like that. It was, it Just looked like Thing's hand. Yeah. Yeah, just a credit card. All right, now we're going to go to our final segment where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Adam's Family Values? I recommend Adam's Family Values because all throughout the Adam's Family properties, there's always been this idea that, uh, and it continued into the Munsters as well, to be honest, the, the sister show, the, the Brady Bunch Partridge family bizarro universe was always Adam's Family and, and Munsters, but... In this show and and these movies, the idea that the Adams family love each other so uh, unconditionally that there's nothing they can do to really be distanced from each other in the family. Um, I think that's a really, really sweet thing. And and the idea that everyone else around them in the like the normal people, quote unquote, is the 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 real bizarre monsters in the world um that we wish that we were more like the adams family to be honest they have bizarre interests and taste but as people as uh, a unit it they are incredibly attractive because of their loyalty to one another so um i recommend it for that it, that has a really uh a really strong positive feel to it it's a really strong family i want to be like part of the family uh i also recommend it because the comedy writing in this movie is so strong i i would say it's funnier than the first movie and this may be an unpopular opinion i i love both movies i think i like adam's family values more I think it's funnier. And then someone recently posed the challenge to me of uh, find a movie sequel that's a comedy that is better, not an action comedy or anything like it, but like a comedy that you think is funnier than the first one. And this is my answer. Like Adam's Family Values, I think, is a funnier, stronger film than Adam's Family, which I already loved. So, uh especially with misdirection that's always kind of been the main the main uh tool comedy tool that the adams family leans on because you 
you buy into their aesthetic, you buy into their perspective, and then they always turn it. Just like the pastels quote that you said, or when uh, Gomez says, he has my father's eyes, and Morticia says, Gomez, take those out of his mouth. Uh, like that kind of wordplay and misdirect and and being true to the voice of every single character individually, it's all there. Um, so there's so many great elements uh, from it. Uh and what I really love about these characters is, especially like with Fester, um, who is a really long, complicated relationship with the family, nothing upsets the family members more than not being with the family, whether it's at yes. camp, whether it's this bad relationship. Um, that is the most devastating thing, which I could point back to the headcanon as to why, but it is... Um, no gut wrenching for them to be away from family. So ultimately, yeah. I I recommend this movie because it's a victory for misfits, victory for outcasts, and shows that no matter how weird the world might think you are, there's always a place where you belong. Absolutely, even if that place is shaped like a coffin, often, um, often, coffin, coffin. often. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really do love this uh this property this franchise like i i think i found a a new november staple yeah uh uh or like the uh the thing to watch like right after uh halloween is over like i, I really think that this is gonna become a new tradition because uh this movie was just so delightful and in the adamses i think that they have this really dark and bizarre quality to uh do exactly what you're talking about just like really appreciate like what it means to be family uh even when they have like so much uh bizarre things that they do mm-hmm. <laughs> because like really at the core it is just the family uh values and uh i just love how they really do stick together throughout everything and also it's just it is so fun and funny and dark and bizarre. And I can't name many other movies that do this this well inside of a A, comedy genre, or B, with a PG-13. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good point, too. Like, usually uh, it's just like, Hard R Beetlejuice, um, where uh, like it's swearing. Like I don't even think there's like much swearing in this movie, but it's all just like, well, several. Uh, wait a second, Beetlejuice is PG. What? What? I thought Beetlejuice was rated R. I thought they made a cartoon about a rated R movie. Uh, anyway, I learned something today. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, 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 I just really impressed with all the things that they're able to do with this property, uh, while still keeping it very much a fantasy comedy. Uh, and I feel like this is one of those few adaptations from an older property that stayed so true to the source material that it, it just became, uh, just a reflection of what the Adams family is all about. Mm. And Roald uh, Dahl and, was like, how can I get in on that? 
Crocodile's like, see, they can do it with the Adams family. It's possible. It's possible. I said, this, this I like. Uh, it's just Roald Dahl and Tim Burton being like, man, we should have been involved with this. <laughs> you want to do something together? <laughs> it's a really big peach. It's a big old peach. It's a really big chocolate fat. Why are we talking about the career of Tim Burton and Roald Dahl? Uh, I'm so sorry. Why do you recommend this movie? I recommend it for a lot of things. Uh, and so ultimately, I, I'd recommend uh, this movie for the same reason why I would recommend Fast and the Furious. Oh, please. And that's family. Ah, uh, he did it. Family. Oh, man. I just need someone to edit together Fast and the Furious footage with thing racing. Yeah. Uh, the oh, car away. Uh, maybe that someone's going to have to be me, but someone needs to do it. Family. And if you don't see it on the internet yet, it's been you. You have been chosen. <laughs> oh, that's good. And that is our review of the 1993 movie Adam's Family Values. Let us know what you remember about Adam's Family Values on our social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean so much to us. It would bring us great value if you could read, if you could leave us a rating review on your podcasting platform of choice on a scale of one to five um, murder attempts. Nope, that's too convicting. Uh, uh, on a scale of one, one to five De of Debbie's husbands. Ah, yeah, yes. she made more money each time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or you could also do on a scale of one to five of uh, Joel's serial killer trading cards, which had one of the best yes. like under, under, just undercover jokes in there, being like, "Oh yeah, I have the whole deck except for Jack the Ripper and the Zodiac guy." Like ah, because they were never caught. God, yep, so yep. good. What's the uh, what's the rating scale? Serial killers, husbands, I don't know. murder, murder. Yeah, or. On a scale of one to five, these in the name Adams. Because oh, I yeah. always get that mixed up. I'm like, wait, it's I type in Adams family and they're like, well, here's Adams family with two D's, you dumb. Uh, and that's why I don't Google things incorrectly often because I get ridiculed. Uh, what a, uh, what a oh, missed opportunity to release this in 3D and spell oh. it with three these <laughs> and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until then remember to be kind and rewind next time on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast it will be friday the 13th Ooh. so we are going to review halloween what nope so sorry <laughs> nope it's uh it's it's friday the 13th I, uh, I just got really into the Halloween thing, and uh, I realized Friday the 13th, the 1980 movie Friday the 13th, is, is the right That's movie the to right. review. What a nightmare. Adam Street. We really oh, can't yeah. let go of Halloween. We really can't. We're trying. What are we thankful for this November? Halloween. <laughs>